0: She's passionate about the truth of God's Word And will tell you like it is Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books Popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids And not to mention, everybody's best friend With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith
1: It's your girl, Autumn Miles, back with you for another fun edition of the Autumn Miles Show. Listen, I love you guys so much, and I'm excited today. I feel like there's going to be a breakthrough that happens on the other side of this word that God has given me from his word. It's gonna be good. We're gonna talk about waiting. <laughs> All you guys out there that hate it, that are in a way, and you're like, God, where are you at? Well, guess what? He's right there with you. And um, hopefully, I'm gonna encourage you from his word, his word. And I'm also going to, you know, warn you don't get ahead of him. Okay. So this will be an encouraging word for you guys today. So much is happening in my life. I feel like so many people are taking advantage of the summertime this year. I into a lady at a restaurant last night and I hadn't seen her for a long time. And she's like, we're taking advantage of the summer. And I'm like, we are too. We're trying to travel as much as possible and all this kind of stuff. And on one of our travels, I think I told you we surprised the kids with a trip to Disney. So they have this Snow White ride at Disney, right? Okay, It's a fun ride. It's a great ride. But I love to watch other people and other people's reactions to getting on this ride. So you know, you wait for this ride at Disney for like 24 years. Like I promise you we were in line and I got out of line and I was five years older. Like it is the longest line of all time. it is so fun and so whimsical, and there's like you know all the dwarfs, <laughs> seven dwarfs. They're so fun, and they're whistling, they're singing. So it's like a really good feel good ride to be in. Okay, so I am on this ride. We finally get on this ride. Everyone locks in. They're like, "Hey, pull up your bar for your safety, whatever." And we go on this ride. I had waited 25 years to ride this ride in line in the heat in Florida. And we get on this ride and all I could pay attention to on this ride was how people react to the ride. <laughs> oh, this is making me laugh just thinking about it. Listen, okay, so there's your screamers. So we have our screamers, right? <laughs> Screamers are hilarious. They I think they're my favorite people on a ride to like pay attention to. You know, when you push out of the gate and they are already screaming and they never stop screaming until you pull in and it stops. I mean, there's your screamers. So we have a couple we have a couple of people. There are your people that say nothing. Okay. They're your white knucklers. Like they hold on for your dear life. They don't, they're enjoying it, but they don't, their personalities aren't really outward. So they're like white knuckling the ride. Like they're not saying anything. Then you have your woo hooers. Okay. So these are, I'm a woo hoer. I'm like, I if like in normal life, if someone would hear me respond to this, they'd be like, wow, this woman has problems. So, like, we would go through something, and we would be like, I would say, I mean, it would be nothing like a little a little hill. And I'd be like, (laughs) woohoo. And that's what I said for like 10 minutes of this ride. Okay. My husband is the screamer who screams the whole time. I am the woohooer. And then there was a guy, a a guy in front of us. I promise you, you would not even realize that he was riding a thrill ride. I don't even think he moved. I don't even think his hair blew in the wind. That's how still he was the whole time. And I almost wanted to ask him, like, are you having fun (laughs) are you enjoying this ride? Because it's, it's pretty great. I mean, look, it's like, there's like giant rubies everywhere. They're mining. Like, it's like, it's a good time. You would not know. Okay. The guy never moved. He just said no, nothing. He did not even turn his head one time. And I was like, basically watching the back of his head the whole time. Then last and final person that you have on the ride, which maybe this is my favorite more than the screamers are the laughers. We went on a different ride and not Snow White, it was a different one. And this guy, he was in front of us. So I'm like watching him. I don't know. Maybe I have a people watching problem. I don't know what's going on, but it was right in front of us. And he literally, he laughed the whole time. So you've got your screamers. You've got your people that don't move. You've got your woohooers, which are me. And then you got your laughers. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. ha. My Eddie and I got off the ride and I'm like, that guy is thoroughly enjoying himself. <laughs> and you can tell. Anyways, I tell you all that to tell you that you kind of never really think of other people when you're on other rides, I guess. Maybe I'm just the weird one this time but I was just so thankful that God created us all so differently. I love diversity. If you know anything about me, you know that I'm a super fan of diversity. I love creation. I love how God created us all so differently. And here you have so many people united in this ride that show their joy and fun and excitement in completely different ways, but all of them are enjoying the ride. Well, most of them, except the little kids that may be too young and they, they were really screaming out of terror, (laughs) but I just thought to myself, isn't it funny how we sort of take in excitement differently and we respond differently and no way is good. No way is bad. We just respond differently. And I really, my husband and I were talking about it when we left, like, it's just so funny how we all can sort of react to situations around us differently, and that's okay. God knows that we're sort of enjoying the ride of life, if you will, along the way. So I was just praising God for diversity. I thought it was something I never really thought about before until I saw all the different reactions and realized I'm a woo hooer and my husband is a screamer on rides, like we're completely different people. But I think today, just take a second, praise God, just because they don't respond the way that you think that they should respond doesn't mean their response is wrong. It just means it's different. And praise God that we are all different because it made for a really fun ride when we, when we were at this scene, Okay. Uh, catch me after the break. We're going to talk about the weight, the weight, the weight, and you're not going to want to miss it.
0: We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this.
2: Does it seem like God is answering everyone's prayers but yours? Do you want to see results from your prayer life? Do you feel as if you are a professional Christian with an amateur prayer life? If so, Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer, is for you. Autumn Miles wrote Gangster Prayer because she herself experienced disappointment from years of praying with little results. Gangster Prayer will show you how to unlearn bad habits in prayer and build your prayer life on a foundation of faith and not doubt. Get your copy of Gangster Prayer today at autumnmiles.com or anywhere books are sold.
0: Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host. Autumn Miles.
1: We are back from the break. Welcome back. We're gonna talk about the weight. Okay, now this is a very popular thing to talk about because, and, and we always get like so much play on our social when we put like the weight out there or like, you know, podcasts are downloaded a lot. And we keep talking about it. Why do we do it? Because everyone hates to wait. I hate it. I totally hate it. I used to hate it more though. Can I just tell you? I used to hate it a lot more because, because I hadn't seen the benefit of it. I used to be like, God, I need $10. I need $10 too bad, so bad. I would pray about it. And then if the $10 didn't appear in like an hour, I would truly believe that God had forsaken every core piece of my life. And I was destitute without God. Like that was my mentality. That is how I actually used to think. And it wasn't right. It was not right, y'all, how I used to think. I do not like to wait, okay? And because I hate I hate it so much, God has made me wait a lot for a lot of different things. And through those long waits that I have had in my life, I have come to the conclusion that waits actually produce things in you that nothing else can. You know, the weight is one of those things. And I know you guys are probably hating me for even talking about this. I know no one wants me to be positive about waiting and how could you, but sometimes we just need to look at the truth of the truth. Okay. The waiting is that one thing that can accomplish so much. It's that one trial, that one trial that can accomplish so much in you without anything happening. It can accomplish mountains of wisdom, mountains of trust, strength. The Bible tells us those who wait on the Lord will gain a new strength. That is a scripture. Something happens in you when nothing is happening around you. And we would never choose it. We don't want to wait. We want everything immediate. And especially in a world where I can literally go on the internet and find, like, I always, I cook a lot. And so I'm always wanting to know, like, what is ounces converted to cups or whatever? I can go on the internet and find out in 2.5 seconds. We don't have to wait for specific things anymore. So we think God works like the culture, like Google. And he doesn't, okay? The weight. The wait produces so much in you without you even knowing it you who are waiting right now and who you you are like oh my gosh I hate this God has forgotten about me God is whatever what if he is wrestling those feelings of abandonment out of you because when he comes through you're gonna see he never did What if you're waiting to hear about a job or whatever and you're fearful about finances and you're like, I don't know if God must have forgotten. He must not see me. He must not understand me. And what if when you get that answer about that job, you get a better job than you thought? Waiting sort of bubbles up things in our core that need to be dealt with. And when God comes through, we are at a point where we're like, Forgive me for ever doubting, for ever trusting you. I see the wisdom in the wait. And the things that we struggle with that bubble up inside of us while we're waiting, oftentimes the wait and then the end of the wait deals with them, like fear, like feeling of abandonment, like um, frustration with God, like feeling like we're alone. We see, oh, we never were abandoned. Oh, we never were alone. Oh, there was no reason to fear. So what bubbles up things that need to be dealt with inside of us. And then at the end of the way, when God is faithful, when he does come through, he um, shows you listen, you don't have to worry about this anymore. That's happened to me more times than I can count. But I want to encourage those of you that are in a long wait. Here's the deal. I waited for to start the ministry that God told me. Listen, the year of 2000, 2000 is 2021. (laughs) God told me in the year of 2000, Autumn, I want you to minister to women. I knew, I knew it. He dropped it in my heart. Now, it wasn't until, listen here, 2010 that God opened up the door to start what we are still experiencing today. That was 11 years ago. It wasn't until 2010 where God said, listen, the time is now. This is the door. Open it. In that 10-year period of time, you would not believe what was bubbling up in me that needed to be dealt with. Where are you? I don't believe that you're faithful. I don't believe that you hear any of my prayers. How could you have forsaken your word to me? All of these insecurities and sinful mentalities and strongholds and just everything in me were bubbling up over that time. Now, Was God faithful with his word? Reminded me of his promise during that time? Absolutely. But I didn't see it tangibly with my eyes until 2010. That's a long wait. 10 years, guys. That's a long wait. Okay. Adopting my kids. God planted the desire to adopt. When I was 18, you guys, I'm 40. Okay. I adopted Haven and Moses when I was 35, five uh, five years ago, going on six. No, six years ago. (laughs) Wait, how old am I? I'm almost 41. Okay. So six years ago in 2015. The desire was put in my heart to adopt when I was 18 years old. We're talking decades almost, two decades almost of years of waiting for these kids two decades. Now, did God confirm through his word? Absolutely. He did during that time, but I didn't see tangible manifestation of adoption complete until almost two decades later. I know what it's like to wait. I get it. It's so hard, especially when it's something you want so incredibly bad, like a ministry, like a a husband or a wife or children. Our friends My my best friend in the world, and I've shared their story lots of times. When we met them, we met them in 2007. Okay, she had not—they've been married for several years. She had not been able to have kids. We prayed and prayed and prayed. She, all the doctors said, "Well, you know, you know, it's just not going to happen for you." They had almost believed it wasn't going to happen to them. And then guess what? Four, five years, four years. Gosh, I've got my. numbers wrong today. Four years later, God gave them, uh, four years ago, God gave them twins. They waited for 15 years to have twins. God told them, God told me, God told my husband, God told us all, I'm going to give you kids. And 15 years after they started trying, God gave it to them. Now, was it long? Was it hard? Absolutely. But a lot of things bubbled up in them that were answered when God was faithful. So I want to go to several scriptures today. I got a lot of them. I want to encourage you. Sometimes the encouragement that we need in the process of waiting is to remind ourselves who we trust while we wait. Okay. We're not trusting in the thing. We're not trusting in the fact that I want to have a kid. I want to have a kid. I want to have a kid. We're trusting in the God who brings life at this specific time. Okay. We're not trusting in faith. We don't have faith in faith. We have faith in the word of the Lord. We have faith in almighty God to bring those things that he has promised us into existence. I want you to become very familiar and maybe even memorize this one verse. Jeremiah 1, I love it. Once I found it, I was obsessed with it. it, is my nugget for waiting. It is a little insight into my own narrative with Jesus on a regular basis. I remind the Lord of this verse all the time when I am waiting. It's like you guys need to pray God's word back to him. And then you need to remind yourself that God cannot lie. Pray his word back to him when you're in a long way and remind yourself, Oh, 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 God can't forsake his word. He cannot lie. The Bible actually says God cannot lie. Okay. Um, So this is a verse for you. I love this verse and I have gotten so much out of it. Jeremiah 1 says this, the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah saying, what do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, and this is the part of the verse I'm obsessed with, for, I am watching over my word to perform it. I am watching over my word to perform it. God went to Jeremiah and he's like, what do you see? (laughs) Jeremiah said what he saw with his eyes. And God came in and said, yep, you've seen it. And I want you to know something you've seen well, and I want you to know one step further. I'm watching over my words to perform them. I am literally watching over every promise I have made, over every promise that is available to my believers. I'm watching them. I'm watching who I have a specific promise to, a sure word. Um, you know, there's lots of different promises. We've talked about it on the podcast. There are promises from God's word that he gives you. There are specific promises that he gives each one of us. Like God, uh, I knew that God had promised me that we were going to adopt. I knew it. I knew God had promised me the minister. I knew it. It was a sure word for me. I knew I had biblical references to back it up. I knew what my spirit, my the spirit of God was agreeing with the word of God in my life. I knew that I knew that I knew that I had a sure word from God that was backed up with the word and also my spirit. So when the wait was long with the kids or with the ministry, when the wait was long, I would go back to this verse. And God would remind me, Autumn, Autumn, just like he said, Jeremiah, what do you see? What do you see? Autumn, I am watching over my word to perform it. Your, My promise to you, my promise to my word is not out of my sight. It's not out of my watch. It is not somewhere in some, you know, piece of my brain that I don't access anymore. It is, it is, I'm watching it. I have my eyes on it. You know, God performs his word for us because of his character. God has to have an integrous character. He performs his word for us when we are uh, uh, for us because of his word. So if God has given you a sure word, a word that you have biblical references to back up, you're going to have a baby. You're going to get married one day. You can bet. That the Lord, Jeremiah 1, 12, I am watching over my word to perform it. You can take it to the bank. God is watching it and he will do it. My sister was single for 41 years, never married. Did she want to get married? Yes. How long does she want to get married? For 41 years. I remember laying in the bed because we shared a room. We had pink canopy beds. I remember laying in the bed at night and I like didn't really care about getting married so much back then. But she did. And she would go through every piece of her wedding. And she would say, we're going to, I guess, back then you used to throw birdseed. I remember those days. We're going to throw birdseed or rice. I don't know if we want to throw rice or birdseed. And she had like every song in the whole wedding, you know, planned out. She knew what she was going to wear. Her dress was going to look like. She knew what I was going to wear as the maid of honor. And, you know, a lot of those nights, hundreds of nights, I am telling you, it happened every night. We actually laugh about it all the time. I would fall asleep. Well, she was talking about her wedding. Who got married first? That would be me. Who got married twice? That would be me. (laughs) And just last year, she just celebrated her one-year anniversary. 41 years God had her wait. And she met the man of her dreams. And they've been married for one year. Was the wait hard? Absolutely. But do you know what? God did not forsake his word to her, to me, to my parents, to my family. No, he told us she's going to be married. And he did not forsake his word. Why? Because he was watching over his word to perform it. He was watching it. He had his eyes on it. He knew what he was doing, even when she thought she was forsaken. I want to transition here. Go to Genesis 16. There's no greater way to talk about the promises of God than to talk about the covenant between God and Abraham. I want to talk about Sarah and Abram. This is what happens, okay? God had given Abraham a sure word. Listen, you're going to be the father of many nations, and guess what? God called him the father of many nations, even though his wife at that time was barren. God was calling him the father of many nations, and his wife at that time was barren. God gave him a name based on God's character and God's word. To Abraham, not based on what they saw. Okay. Genesis 16, I'll read it out of the word rather than my notes because I think that this is just incredible. Now, Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, Now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. And Abraham listened to the voice of Sarah. Hagar, the Egyptian, her maid, uh, and gave her to her husband as a wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she conceived, her mistress was despised in her sight. Okay. I want to talk to you guys about the grit of believing God's word over what you see. Sarah didn't have it. (laughs) She knew in Genesis 15, uh, verse one, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, do not fear, Abram. I am a shield for you. Your reward shall be very great. Abram said, oh Lord God, what will you give me since I am childless, Okay. He goes on in verse 5, Genesis 15, 5, and he says that he took him outside. God took him outside and said, now look towards the heavens and count the stars if you're able to count them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Abraham had just reminded the Lord, listen, what are you going to give me? I'm childless. I don't have no kids. He took him outside. He said, look at the stars. This is what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you so many descendants. It's going to be absolutely unbelievable. Verse six. Then he believed in the Lord and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you to this land to possess it. He said, oh Lord, how may I know that? And how will I possess it? And he goes on and on. Okay. Abraham got something in that moment with the Lord, when the Lord took him outside, he got a sure word. He was able to believe he was going to have many descendants, even though he was childless. Sarah didn't have that. Abraham had the grit to believe God's word, no matter what. Sarah didn't. And because Sarah didn't grit have that grit, have that inner strength. Because in the middle of the wait, when she thought this is never going to happen, we have tried to have kids for so many years. God has forsaken me. It is not going to happen. What did she do? She offered an alternative in her uh, handmaiden, Hagar. And Hagar had Ishmael. Abraham listened to her. Hagar had Ishmael. And if you would ask Sarah today, Sarah probably would have said, This was the greatest mistake of my lifetime, probably her biggest regret, because she got pregnant with Isaac years later. If she would have had the grit to wait and and be reminded that God is watching over his word to perform it. God is literally watching it. It's not far from him. It's going to happen. If it's a sure thing, if God has given you a sure word, it will happen. If she had the grit to believe in God's word when everything looked like it was crumbling, there would have never been a Hagar-Ishmael problem. And what I want to encourage you today with, those of you that are like, I'm just going to make this happen myself. God's taking too long. I've been gritty. <laughs> I've had gritty faith for a long time. I've been gritty. I just can't do it any longer. I, this is your big sister over here talking to you. I get it. I am the queen of I'll make it happen. And if you you don't know me personally, but that isn't my personality. I am the queen on let's figure out a way. I am the queen of doing that. I get it. But I have learned that when I get involved in God's timeline, it creates Hagar's for me that I don't actually want. So I've learned over 20 years of walking with the Lord to cling to the fact that God is watching over his word to me to perform it, even though it is so incredibly difficult. I actually have like three more scriptures, but I think I'm going to leave it there uh, just for today. I want to talk about Joseph. I want to talk about the word of the Lord. Maybe I just will just for a second. You know, Joseph was given a dream. He was given the dream first, a sure word, a sure word from God. Your brothers will bow down to you. But because of the weight, that word from the Lord He had to continually go back to and believe. No doubt it was hard for him when he was in prison. No doubt it was hard for him when his brother sold him into slavery. But he had to continually go back, not to his circumstances because the wait was very long. He had to go back to the word of God. And it says in Psalms, the word of the Lord tried him. It tested him. But guess what? We all have the beauty of hindsight here. We know that the word of the Lord and his brothers bowing down to him actually did happen. What a sight. Why do you think he wept profusely when his brothers came to him and he recognized his brothers, but his brothers didn't recognize him? Because he finally saw the word that God had told him years ago happening in front of his eyes. The bible says in psalms iron entered joseph's soul which means he had an inner strength that was like iron because of the weight i'm not saying it's easy guys but i am saying i would rather thrust throw cast all of my frustration on the lord I would rather be so transparent with him about my weight. I would rather let that iron enter my soul than have a bunch of Hagar's and Ishmael's and me getting in the way of God making things happen and messing things up. And I want to encourage you today. You can be like Abraham who trusted in the word and Joseph who trusted in the Lord or you can be like Sarah and get involved. And probably, if we were to able to talk to her today, regret her decision. The text suggests she regretted it. Let that iron enter your soul, which only the word of God and the weight can produce. And I am telling you what, if it's a sure word, a word that's backed up with scripture and the spirit of God, you just wait to see what will happen. Ah, I hope this encouraged you guys today. I'll be back after the break with a question from one of you.
2: Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministry a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the invite Autumn tab, Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com.
0: And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles.
1: Okay, okay. I got a question back from one of you. This is the question. I am a newer Christian and was recently baptized by Lucy. This is from Lucy. Congratulations, Lucy. That is amazing. My question is, what should I expect after baptism and what do I do now? That is the question that she sent me. I love this question. And, you know, apparently this is a really popular question. I was talking to my team before we started recording and one particular member of my team was like, Autumn, this question, it was a comment that someone had left me and there was like a lot of like, yes, same, yes, this, you know, all, you know, what people leave these days. So I'm going to give you my two cents on what you do after you're baptized. (laughs) (laughs) throw yourself into the most amazing relationship ever. Throw yourself into it. Girl, Lucy, congratulations. Welcome to the family. I would find a church, if you don't already have one, a good Bible, Bible Bible-believing church who talks about the Bible. That's important. I would get involved. I would see what you can do. I would learn what your spiritual gifts are. Okay, I have a lot of different things you could do. I would get a good Bible study. I read streams in the desert every single day. There's lots of good Bible studies that you can read every day or whatever. I would crack open my Bible and develop a routine to get to know the Lord and allow the Lord to work and speak to you. I would find how you can hear the voice of the Lord. What does the voice of the Lord sound like? And I would start reading the word completely differently. What the word says is true. The promises in in there are true. And you can start claiming them in your life as a new believer. You have the spirit of the living God inside of you. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. So Lucy, there's so many different things that I would do. When I first became a believer, I took one solid year. One year. And I mean spirit-filled believer. And I've talked about that story so many times on the show at 3 a.m. in the morning. And I would go an hour every day and pray and talk to God. And I would just listen for what he would say back to me. I would ask God for signs and to for him to reveal himself to me. There's nothing wrong with that, you guys. You come to a point later in your Christian walk when you don't need as many signs. But initially, it's amazing to see. I remember asking God for a man with a blue shirt on to walk into 7-Eleven. And it happened. I like changed my life. Um, I learned the gifts of tithing and how, you know, you tithe and how God somehow really blesses you because of the tithe. Um, I just got to know the fundamentals of scripture for one year. And then I began to become really, really bold in my faith because God was so personal to me during that first year. I went to Bible school and, you know, the rest is history. So you've got to understand, Lucy, what... What you have now in Christ, you have a set of inheritance that you ain't going to get anywhere else. (laughs) You have the spirit of the living God inside of you. That power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is inside of you. And literally he can change, rearrange, restore, heal anything inside of you. So, um, I would say to sum it all up, dig in because I would not trade this ride with Jesus for anything. It is the most phenomenal decision I've ever made in my life. So I hope this helps Lucy. God bless you. And I will see you next week for another brand new Autumn Biles show. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening
0: to this edition of The Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of The Autumn Miles Show.